Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, the film review podcast without an intro. Nah. Because nah. Riggs does all that and he is still, unfortunately, waylaid with COVID. Lies. Fake lies. <laughs> He's just isolating himself. He's becoming his own man. He started his own religion. It's the cult of Riggs. Yeah, he's, going to, he's going to Utah to live out there on the Salt Plains and become like many wives, I heard him say. He's been threatening it for well, years. Well, to be honest, it's fine that he's not here this week because this is our Christmas episode Yeah, and he is not that way inclined. We would have to do a Hanukkah-themed mm. uh, episode for Riggs' benefit. So um, sending lots of hugs or whatever it is that people who like each other do. But we will crack on. There's lots of stuff flying around yeah. to watch. Have you guys seen anything this week? I have, yeah. I've watched a Christmas thing with my daughter called Robin Robin, which was good. It was a night, you know, I've been looking for things that don't go on too long, aren't running into six series of <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I but give you... A nice start, middle and end in around about 30 minutes. And there's a few of these on Netflix and Prime. And one of them was Robin Robin. And it was decent enough, 25, 30 minutes long. The story of a little Robin who's brought up by mice and thinks he's a mouse. And it's actually Ardman animations and all the, the quality that comes with that. So it was it was really nice, actually. It was a nice Christmassy thing to watch. Well... I, as evidenced by my Twitter campaign, became a grumpy old motherfucker <laughs> because I went to, I had the misfortune or fortune, I don't know which, just to go to the local cinema to see Spider-Man and Sidey and I aren't going to spoil it, so don't worry, but it was ruined by the, I'd say cunts, <laughs> and, and I don't use that word lightly, behind me, who brought, I think, four weeks worth of food with them. Well, is there a particular food item you don't like? Do you know what? Popcorn you can get away with because it's in a cardboard box. Crisps are never great. Yeah, it's the crackling. What the hell are you eating? It's for a good 15 <laughs> minutes that I think they went through a box of quality streets. <laughs> you can't get down on people eating. Like... It, was, it was crackling all the way through and then they started talking. Yeah, that's... Now, now that is unforgivable. Yeah, people get their phone out. I went to watch Shang-Chi with Riggs and Meeg and me got his phone out, and it's one of the fold-out phones, so it's fucking massive. <laughs> and some guy behind us just said, can you put your phone away? And I'm like, yeah, fucking damn right. You're embarrassing. Like, <laughs> He's basically off. holding a torch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, Spider-Man, 6 out of 10. This is what I'd give it. I know, but there's people that are euphoric. Oh, loads of people scenes. like absolutely loved it. Like my Twitter feed, like the Bad Dad's Twitter feed, was just like, this movie's perfect. It's the best Marvel movie, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay. And I've mentioned before, about two weeks before, I went to see Ghostbusters, and I preferred that, Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's, you know, when uh, a band puts out a Greatest Hits album, that's what it's like. Mm. That's okay. what I would equate right. it to. So loads of stuff, loads of crowd-pleasing stuff. Um, yeah. And loads of fucking, like, millions. It's the, the numbers it's doing are fucking insane. It's, like, smash hit. Loads of people fucking love it. So I'm, again, in the minority. I, I did enjoy it, actually. I have to say yeah, I did yeah, enjoy yeah. it. Just wasn't quite what I was hoping for. And the other two things I've watched, and I've spoken to Dan about this, we've both now finished the... I'd say marathon slog of the Beatles. Well, it's, a, it's a nine hour thing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Over three, three hour episodes. Get the payoff. Back. The payoff at the end of the live concert is quality, but I don't want to hear another Beatles song for a little bit just yeah. because I've had to hear the same song rehearsed 52 times in different voices by John <laughs> Lennon and uh, Paul McCartney going, Oh no, I think I better do that again, John. I've only done it 25 times perfectly. And you just go, fuck. 
Yeah. Just give yourself a break, mate. He's just, he's just, and also Yoko Ono is just the devil incarnate. Well, it, well, it, it was a, a certainly a, a thorough account of the, mm. the sessions that they recorded there and how Peter Jackson has put it all together is just, it's a labor of love. I mean, you can, you can, that echoes through for me that he's really, really thought and tried to, to connect this into a, as good a story as anyone could have done. And they reference it a couple of times. We're making a documentary. We've got a film right here. You know, it's a, I don't think they'd have thought it was going to come out quite as good as, as he's done it. Just if you're interested in bands and particularly the Beatles, obviously the the way the creative process worked in that, it was a real insight into yeah. that. I thought it was, it was fantastic. The other thing that I watched was the David Sherpa's Amma Dablam summit exhibition, exhibition, expedition, sorry when right. they climb it's, it's a 25 minute thing on youtube and it's it follows a little bit of that 14 peaks right. it was one of the sherpas that was on there and he'd done some climbs as well but again i was a bit of a youtube rabbit hole 25 minutes long but it's outrageous what those guys oh, do. crazy outrageous where they're camping they've got this mountain is is crazy it's like one of those really high jaggedy mountains sharp different to like the smooth small could, ones yeah well some of them seem, <laughs> the murder seem horn. kind of you know yeah. really sharp and spiky and others seem like oh you yeah. could, they're just high and you could climb up yeah. them on yeah. different ways and everything this was one of those really scary looking mountains and they were just perched on little tiny crevices flat areas it's scary and isn't it it's unreal but yeah a decent watch again cool like how i went to watch Spider-Man No Way Home, which I did enjoy, actually. And I also continued my mid-90s movie extravaganza with In the Line of Fire. Fire. With Clint Eastwood? Clint and Malkatraz, yeah. Right. Really the, good. I hadn't seen it before. Is that with the gun that he has? The plastic gun, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Malkovich plays a great psycho. Yeah. He's really good in it. And it does make you think about, you know, sending these people off to do all your day work and then when they come back and they're, you know, a bit unhinged, that was that was really good. They do podcasts and things. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> so I hear. Yeah. This it would have been 90-something and Clint was like an old man there and he's still sort of playing this love interest with Benny Russo. Yeah, like, it really. does. Well, he's 90s. 90... <laughs> 92 now. Isn't so he? I like, saw a photo of him today and he's looking great he's you know he, he's plowing on he, churning he, out film after film he, after he's film. he still looks like he, he's ready for a night out is, and this, is it cry macho is the the recent one um it's apparently a bit bit middling but it's about he gets sent to bring a kid back from mexico who's got he's in, in the 90s though, still doing films i mean it's <laughs> probably keeps him going yeah he'd probably yeah. die if he stopped yeah. yeah but yeah he's a bit of a legend that film was really good i really enjoyed that and then i saw some other stuff some like christmasy stuff and did all the homework just about so yeah it's been a fun week we had uh, a very in-depth submission for last week's Top five from oh, top five mass. It was movie masturbation, masturbation moments, yeah. And we had someone who's been with us since day one, Jeff Kitchen. He oh, submitted a Jeff. really in-depth, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say thesis. And it's I don't know if you're familiar with the trauma movies at all. Uh, no. Well, I'll just read out what he's said because it's very good. Trauma has been making exploitation movies since the 70s. Probably the most well-known of those is the Toxic Avenger series. But you might have also come across such movies that have better names than the actual films like Surf Nazis Must Die yeah. or Cannibal the Musical. But Terra Firma 
is Troma's B-movie meta masterpiece where Lloyd Kaufman plays deluded blind director Larry Benjamin, who in the movie, within the movie, is attempting to bring the fourth instalment of the Toxic Avenger franchise to the screen, a sequel that involves rape and Toxie aborting his own mother. If you add into the mix an onset love triangle between Jennifer, special effects guy Jerry and boom operator Casey, it's a compelling plot, but because this is a trauma movie, the first five minutes of the film contain a leg amputation, an abortion, death by cornflakes, and a suicidal shot to the head. Anyway, there's a memorable scene where Jennifer jerks off thinking of Casey, the intense boom operator. Shirtless made all the more awful in retrospect because Casey is a serial killer. And and in one of those things that dates the movie badly, plays up the trans equals killer trope Hollywood loves by having him be a hermaphrodite too. James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy fame and Suicide Squad has a co-writing credit on this movie. Wow. So, Jeff. Jeff needs to see someone, I think. Yeah. Who's so a that professional. Is in. I have actually seen Surf Nazis Must Die and Toxic Avenger. And I'm sure they did a swamp thing. Or is that, am I thinking of, that is the Toxic Avenger. But yeah, I've seen quite a few of theirs. Okay. Well, have we got any others? Was Jeff? Um, Jeff's is the Jeff's is in. Jeff's just in. It's in like Flynn. Yeah, well, that's, you, that's we how we appreciate you. You're getting in touch. <laughs> This week's movie top five themed thing was going to be candles, but I gunned that. You vetoed it really didn't you? early because I just couldn't what, think what, of many. What was, you couldn't think of many candles. Not that there are significant moments in films like you know, a candle, like there's a candle over there, but I'm not going to nominate it. Well, that's why I said it because I saw that candle. Oh, right, there okay. And you just put me on the spot. So instead, we've gone for Christmas trees. Yeah, because they're you know seems topical. also in films. Yeah. So who wants to? I suppose you, you've got to have the final sleigh on this, haven't you? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've got to first of all consider the two main Christmas trees, the Norway spruce, or well, actually the three, the Fraser fir and the Nordman fir as well. Okay. Now, what have you gone for this year? I've I, gone for a Nordman because of its needleless ability. And we've got a dog, so he's always like having a sniff and a piss. Well, I, I branched out. I went for <laughs> I went for Spruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it all the way from Hong Kong? That <laughs> That's one, right. yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Have you seen the one in London where they? Oh, the Norway, the Norway lot. They always send a tree over, and this one is fucking so barren. <laughs> it looks like it's been pulled through a window. Yeah, it looks like it's already dead. Yeah, and it's lit up, and it just looks absolutely appalling. We truly have hit rock bottom when yeah. they think the best way to get us is to send us a shit Christmas <laughs> yeah. tree as a country. Yeah. Beautiful. No chemistry there, is there anymore? Well, my if I could kick off with my first tree, so Go for it. it comes from a film that's a bit underrated as long as you take it on face value. Batman Returns with Danny DeVito as the yeah. Penguin. I've got this one. Yeah, and, and I always remember this. It's got Christopher Walken in it, Michael Keaton as Max Batman. Shrek. Yeah. Christmas Day, Gotham City socialites Tucker and Esther Cobblepot become the parents of a deformed baby boy, Oswald. And this is really dark. They basically put him in like a prison-style crib. Yeah. And they chuck it down the river, in yeah. the icy river. And he buggers off down there. And ultimately, they throw him into the sewer where he's discovered by a family of penguins underneath the Gotham Zoo. 33 years later... Uh, millionaire and philanthropist Max Schreck, played by Christopher Walken, proposes to build a power plant to supply Gotham with energy, and he's he's opposed by the mayor. During his speech in front of this giant Christmas tree, Gotham comes under attack by a disgraced former circus troupe, the Red Triangle Gang, and it is rather shaky sets, pantomime in a way, but 
at the time, I remember thinking this is absolutely quality, and I was of the age where I thought, "Yeah, Batman." And it was a, it was a slightly lighter-hearted Batman initially, and then it goes super bloody dark because Oswald, going by the Penguin, then kidnaps and he kills the Ice Queen, who's standing glamorously in front of the Christmas tree, mm. and he and the whole film is he blames it on Batman. It's but, a great, it's a great Batman film, yeah. and the, I really like the speech because. It's in front of this fucking enormous Christmas it's tree. It's huge. And Christopher Walken, as Matt Shea, he turns, he says, oh, oh, I've forgotten my speech. And the guy goes, make sure I take it out on, uh, what's her name, you know? Catwoman. Yeah. Because, life as cat. yeah. And then he, say, he turns around and he says, oh, what's it? I wish I could hand out world peace and unconditional love after just saying, like, it's going to fucking take <laughs> it out. Of, wrapped in a big bow. And that's when that enormous Christmas present arrives, which is full of the, the circus troupe. The, but Oswald Copperpot or the penguin, he's fucking disgusting. Eating raw fish. Oh, and it's, and it's proper. It, yeah. yeah, I know it, it obviously isn't, but it just looks gross. It rips the head off and it's hanging out of his mouth and his teeth are dripping black. It's Colin Farrell in the new one. It's yeah, called, yeah. I, I, wonder, I think it's it's obviously not going to be as caricature comic, comic-like. No, it's not going to be like the gothic comic style. This is going to be dark, dark, dark. Yeah. It looks great. Dan, have you got one? Yeah, I do. It's a Christmas story. You yeah. remember I made you all watch this uh, yes, last Christmas, sort yes. of Christmas Haven't before maybe. And it's basically uh, a massive tree that takes up the, the whole house. But it's one of those classic sort of 1950s American perfect family. They all go off as the family to go to the the yard where they sell trees and choose their tree and bring it back. We we did actually. We went to go and get our tree this, this weekend. I got a a huge one and the guy goes you're going to put it up yourself and I said no I'm going to put it up in the living room (laughs) (laughs) fucking idiot (laughs) I'm going to nominate Home Alone 2 Lost in in New York with Donald the white tree it is the one with Donald yeah is it Um, the white tree one no it's the one at the Rockefeller oh Um, right because there's a few Christmas trees in this yeah there is the Rockefeller one because the missus and I on our first holiday together went to New York at Christmas time and we saw that similar tree, tree in the same yeah, place yeah. same tree the same, exactly not- the same tree <laughs> so that one was quite good fucking awful fucking dreadful film yeah yeah couldn't couldn't really disagree i mean it was home alone was the the good Biggest one part of- and <laughs> yeah no it's watchable really good actually the home alone it's still a laugh for kids and things um every year home alone try two, and dodge that. yeah it, it's, she, it's she wants to put it on every year and i know <laughs> How are you up? I was going to go for a bit of an obvious one with Elf, a film that I believe you hate. No, no. No, it's not you. No, I like Some, it. What, it's one of us hate Pete, Elf. Pete, uh, Pete. I think I like it. He, there's Pete, a lot of hate from Pete. Pete hated Will Ferrell. Ferrell, that Ferrell. might be where I thought but that. But I think then came full circle once mm. he eventually saw Anchorman. Pete, oh, okay. can, Pete can tweet us. And- well, the scene I was going to go for is he's obviously working in the department store and he's left to decorate the area that he's been assigned and obviously he works through the night. I have to admire his Lego skills for building the cityscape. That is quite tremendous. Doesn't he cut out a load of... Yeah, he like, does the daisy chain type the daisy of thing. daisy chain And he, he immacul- immaculately presents it. And so, so much so that the supervisor thinks that they've sent a man from HQ down to watch what's going on. That film still makes me laugh when they announce that Santa's coming and he fucking screams. <laughs> yeah. Santa's coming! He goes mad. Uh, yeah. My kids really... St- my kids laugh their head off at this two bits. One, the raccoon at the start that he tries to hug and savages him. Like <laughs> my daughter can't stop laughing. And my son loves the absolute 
quality kid style bit where he's eating spaghetti with yeah. M&Ms and yeah, yeah. fucking cola and the sugar because obviously he's an elf and lives off sugar and it's- disturbingly at the end of that film with the sing-along bit oh so why do they do that oh why what it's, it's meant it's a proper insert your crying moment here and it's meant to get the christmas spirit roll and it, all it does is make you go fuck this shit no one would sing because yeah. everyone would just look at him and go get their phone out and film the weirdo who's yeah. singing on her own <laughs> and it just become a meme it's yeah. so cynical he, but it was. there's another bit with the tree they get similar to Christmas story, they get an enormous fucking tree for their front room and he jumps on the oh, couch God. and launches straight into the tree as well, which is quite fun. I've got one and you've probably never seen this or heard of it, but it is huge. Think Cinderella. Papelka? But better. It is Papelka. So you have seen it. I've mentioned I've, it I've before. Mentioned it before. Remember, yeah. So this is a 1973 film and it is on every single year in Czech Republic and in Germany as well. I, I think, you know, in a few countries, it's it's huge. The 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 lady in it, who's Papelka, she is just knockout. She's really? just gorgeous. And there's a, a charming prince who's terribly handsome and perfect. Mm. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I think Norway, Switzerland, Germany, Poland, Slovakia, UK, growing Czech Republic. And it's pretty much the same narrative there's a, a poor cinderella type figure being kept from the king's ball by the stepmother and her daughters and things there's walnuts and secret kind of magic and and all that kind of sort of stuffs in it as well but it's perfect for those looking for a real feel-good film and if you can get a, a copy with subtitles or anything then watch it it's just perfect for when the fire's okay. roaring and you've eaten Christmas dinner to stick this in. Brilliant. Okay. One of the films that I watched recently, and I forgot to mention, it's another of my 90s ones. It was Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, God, yeah. Which is Jamie Lee Curtis and that master of comedy, Tim Allen. And has it got Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd's the enthusiastic neighbour. They have packed their daughter off to college and she's going to be staying away for Christmas. So they decide that rather than just have a fairly lacklustre Christmas, just the two of them, they're going to fuck off on a cruise. Weirdly, they can't just go on holiday. I think they're going on Christmas Day because they save a couple of thousand dollars by going on Christmas Day. Then they, the plot gets well, such that it is weird because they have to then disavow any sort of engagement with christmas so there's no decorations there's no presents there's no they give charitable donations every year to the people that turn up for the like the police go door to door collecting money for the no we're not doing that why like, are they not you can still this? do all that stuff yeah. just because you're going on holiday doesn't mean oh right it's, like, it's, it's just like ludicrous for, for the sake of it so he gives out a letter to every single member of staff at work saying i'm not good i'm not doing like secret santa or any christmas presents or cards or anything like that you're just like this doesn't make any sense it's a good idea so anyway <laughs> the, the, the the local scouts or whatever it is go door to door selling Christmas trees and every year he's like got the biggest best tree and they're like we've got one safe you and he's like no don't want it this year you can fuck off um, <laughs> he, is pretty, he doesn't swear but he's quite abrupt with them yeah. he's like I'm not doing Christmas so just leave um, they're like crying of course and then like the daughter phones up out of the blue and says daddy we're coming back and I've got a boyfriend and we're getting married and it's like what the fuck <laughs> so they have to cancel the holiday hastily arrange 
a Christmas do. She's like, we're still doing the Christmas party like every year. And they're like, yeah, why wouldn't you just say no? No. You, you weren't going to be here, yeah. so we're not doing it. So he has to go like cap in hand back to the tree salesman and say, oh, that, that tree that you had, have you got it? And they're like, no, they've got all the dead ones. Like you can have one of those. So his mate from opposite is going away and he has to like wheel. He is, can I borrow your tree for a day? So he has to wheel this tree across the road. People think he's stealing it. It's a comedy classic. <laughs> really? No. No. There no. is a scene not related to the Christmas tree where Jamie Lee Curtis is at a tanning, tanning salon yeah. in the in the in the mall, and Worth. the vicar and the vicar talks to her tits. Yeah, he pervs at her. Yeah, which you would because they are epic. Right. Okay. But there is significant uh, Christmas tree action in it. My next one is a bizarre film that I can't make my mind up about. Um, kids watched it last week. Polar Express, which is that weird. Thanks. Sorry, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks with. That kind of weird rotoscoping yeah. style animation where everyone's dead in the eyes, yeah. and you're not quite sure quite how it, it it's supposed to be chocolate box style schmaltzy Christmas affair, hmm. and it's meant to tick every box, every single box, but it comes across as dead. <laughs> it really does. Really? I don't like it. I don't like it. I find it it's so cynically cliched and set up and there's a huge christmas tree at the end it's this big monolith orange lit thing with the reindeer that's yeah, it's around. fucking enormous the tree is yeah, yeah. It's, it's like sort of the size of a town hall type of thing um but it's just an odd film and i don't like see tintin if you was that who did tintin, the really famous tintin with simon Pegg? Was yeah, it? yeah that kind of worked with that effect of the human actor with all the baubles on becomes an animation cgi but this, I just don't like at all. I re- it's just, it's weird. But it gets a lot of airtime and a lot of kids go, oh, it's the Polar Express, it's the Polar Express. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. And Tom Hanks as well always kind of puts bums on seats, doesn't he, to, yeah. to get people in. It's part of the um, global, global elite. Cabal, yeah. Like cabal, yeah. He likes bums on seats. I've I've got Lethal Weapon. Yeah, um, I've got this one down which as Which well. is the, the shootout in the Christmas tree uh, lot and, you know, the... Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. I think they're just getting together now and they're just putting the, you know, the, I can't even remember the scene really. I just remember the, them, you know, there's a big mullet going on with, with yeah. Mel, lots of bullets flying around the Christmas trees. A lot and of drugs getting and, flying and, around. And a bit of, yeah, a bit mm. of Colombian marching powder. Colombian marching powder. Yeah. I mean, all those, all those trees, they're real, you know, obviously the, the real trees. I was decorating our tree with the kids, but they started screaming and complaining. So I had to take them down. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. I really like Charlie Brown. I'm wearing a Peanuts t shirt. Similar to. Christmas with the Cranks in that he has he gets one of the bad the shitty old trees and oh, wants to, and all his friends have to help him make it look better. No, he's no. Uh, he it, it's uh, it rallies against the commercial aspect of Christmas and so he takes the the, the brownie kind of yeah. dead looking tree and decorates that and and puts a and just goes, on a, goes on a for twig. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. it's it's nice. Charlie Brown's always nice. It's Charlie nice. Brown's just on point most of the time. Yeah, but yeah. does it get shown on TV anymore? No. Does it does stateside? Doesn't yeah, it? and what, the movie, the the recent movie, the Peanuts movie, is great. I think my kids have seen it. It's really good. It? Yeah. Okay, I'll go for films that 
I watched long time ago, and I think many of us did, the National Lampoons. Mm. So they have their Christmas vacation holiday, the problem tree, right from the start, Clark Griswold's Christmas tree. Causes issues, he burns it down, he has to get a new one from the front yard. Once it's decorated, a cat is electrocuted and dies. My cats are going to do that. They're always, it, ours is a fake tree and it's got lights, you know, mm. all round Spiraling it. Foot in, and they're constantly like chewing the wires. Or oh, like, is that, do they? Yeah. Is that the cat? Yeah. Yeah, well, ours keeps on trying to climb up. Yeah, the, they the get trick. right in the middle of it after fucking. Well, we, we had to it. put Al, Al, So it kept on climbing up the trees so we put aluminium do? all around the bottom and, uh, and now we've foiled out. our plans <laughs> oh my god and and i was drawn into that story thinking now that is the thing though if you put if you put <laughs> tinfoil on all the if they jump up on the yeah. counters if you put that up they'll they won't do it put cucumbers at the bottom yeah they think it's snakes mm. i might spray the tree with wd-40 so she just slips <laughs> out of it <laughs> yeah, that'd be great that is tremendous for a fire risk that's tremendous it, 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 it stops any problem exactly ron seal it as well national lampoons though it's a good one yeah the griswolds are fucking chevy chase ever since then he's shit. a complete twat apparently oh yeah, uh, yeah oh I, I think i may have watched have you ever seen community the series no I really liked it. I haven't finished it. I got a bit um, bored of it because it there's a lot of episodes. But the chat was that he was just a complete arsehole. I think I was watching some, some something about directors and I think it was what how, how the movies were made on Netflix. And I think there's one about Ridley Scott. And I believe that he was completely, as a, as a rookie, taken to town by Chevy Chase. So much so that everybody in the industry just basically has turned against him really? because the story has got out and it really Scott, I think it is really Scott was just saying he was just awful to me. Absolutely awful. And he's so demanding mm. and, and he's like, I'm a star. That's the sort of one of those sort of actors, not tell you what, I've had a wealth of experience. That I could help you. And yeah, yeah. And, you know, that sort of thing that like you hear about actors who nearly are like put that. him off the industry altogether. Well, try to yeah. luckily okay. he got taken on board by someone else to do aliens, mm. wherever it was. Is it back round to me? Sure. Well, it's White Christmas, which is the classic Bing Crosby, mm. I'm Dreaming of. White Supremacist have, have you, Christmas. Have you, have, you, have, you se- have you seen this? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, David. Long time ago. With the... No, sorry. There's another on. one, a holiday one, Holiday is, Inn or something. Is that Bing yeah, Crosby? Yeah, no, there, well? but this this one hits the title song, you yeah. know, White Christmas, and they, they open at the end. It's, it's um, is it Danny, Danny oh. Kay? I think is the other guy in it. And Dyer. And Danny <laughs> Dyer. <laughs> and, uh, I'm dreaming of a fucking it, Christmas. It, it's got that innocence, but also that, you know, that dated kind of attitudes yeah. in, in some areas mm-hmm. as well. But Bing's voice, I mean, have you seen? It's absolutely for Christmas, Bing mm-hmm. Crosby's voice. Have you seen the, it's, I think a lot of us have probably seen it because it's now fa- Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. yeah. He yeah. clearly didn't have a clue. He didn't who, who he was. David Bowie Bowie didn't was. know where he was yeah. either. And they're no, singing perfect. Rubber Bum Bum. And it's, it's a decent song. It came out okay <laughs> yeah, again. I suppose their advisors both said, no, it's worth it. Do it with this guy. And yeah, they go, you'll get the oh, younger audience. No idea. Yeah, you'll get the older audience. You'll work with Bing, whatever, you know. Yeah, it will give you some credibility. Who's this man that. with makeup? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Bing was, was huge, wasn't he? In, in bigger his than that, day. Yeah. He was bigger than that. Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, well. There's a Christmas tree in it in Nakatomi Plaza, so therefore it must be a Christmas movie. When we get on to the main feature, I have got a load of chat about what 
constitutes a Christmas okay, film. Okay, okay, that's things cool. Qualify what, and and does this fit that criteria? The fact that it's got a Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. Die Hard two though? Also, yes. I think they're all set around Christmas. It's mainly because yeah. the no. snow. With the, no, ben- with the vengeance is not. Oh, yeah. no. It's summer. No. Die, Die Hard 3, isn't that right? That's with the vengeance. That's yeah. around New York with Samuel. Read the back of the picture. Right. Yeah. Oh, Samuel Jackson's birthday today. Happy is birthday, it? Samuel. He's 72. Black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking good. He does he look is. well. He's he looking good. I was going to mention my last one, which is a bit a film that I just caught the other day when I was cooking tea with the kids, and we watched Vince Vaughn's Fred Claus. I've not seen it. It's. All right. It's obviously form- formulaic and designed uh, to do with. It's got Kevin Spacey in it, so that kind of a bit puts rapey. A, yeah, a bit rapey. And there's they're in Santa's Grotto, and there's a great big bloody tree, and it's 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 always in shot because he's Fred Claus is seen as the crapper older brother of Father Christmas, and it's his job to do the filing for the naughty list, which is surprisingly still a weapon to use with my son. Really? So How was he? He's eight. Is he eight or nine? I don't, nine. He must be nine. I don't fucking know. Just so your daughter's not a believer. No, well, I haven't specifically said it to her, but I think the fact that she is clever and understands things better than I. Is mean, she in secondary school? Yeah, she's secondary. She's year seven. So I think she gets it. But my son, I can still use the naughty list. Oh, my daughter. Well, we, I mean, we've just been to Lapland, so that's like reinforced yeah, oh, everything. Yeah. She's true <laughs> the believer. The lie like, is yeah. now properly embedded. Yeah. You've got another 20 yeah. years yeah. <laughs> of full-on belief now. Caught, this is great. It's great blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. I caught my... Um, what? No. <laughs> I, I caught my mum when I was 18 and living at home. And she, this is how terrible she is. Bless her. She's just... She's crackers. She was doing my stocking... And she, I lived in the garage, long story. She knocked on the garage door, again, another long story. And she goes, shh, don't look. Father Christmas is putting your stock. I'm, I'm 18. I live in the garage with the motorbikes. Hate to break this to you, mum. But yeah, no, she's done the stock. So that's the only thing we do now for, each, yeah. for me and the, me and the wife. Mm. We don't do the big presents. We just do crappy little ones that we put in a stocking and give to each other and say... And so the kids can go, what did you get from Father Christmas? And I'm right. like, fucking orange. And a lump of coal. Yeah. Because I ain't been very good this, this year. year. Yeah. I've, been, I've been farting. Under yeah. the, see, most she doesn't understand. It's cold at the minute. And I let some methane out under the sheets. And I'm warming, I am warming her. Doing you a bit. I am exhaling yeah. and not being selfish. But apparently it's vulgar, it stinks, and it's a fucking disgrace, quote unquote. The dog doesn't mind it. No, that's dog does worse. I'm done. Well, I've got a couple more. Star Trek, um, Star Trek into Dark. Well, that's Chris Pine. That was the only <laughs> thing. There was a connection there. The same uh, place beyond the pines. Yeah. I thought that. I mean, they are technically Christmas trees, aren't mm. they? I guess. Or um, furniture. Or furniture. Yeah. Um, Gremlins. Gremlins. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. There was Gremlins jumping out of Christmas trees. Huge amount of work well. went into that film to do that because it was filmed in june wasn't it yeah wasn't that, that's it you've got to get a tree you've got to get all the decorations you've got to or or just keep it up from the last kind of christmas yeah up. that's an early you know you're going up early then aren't you <laughs> <laughs> you can see them all in set jeez is it already just we're we gonna get a northern fur? no i'm pretty much out of christmas trees it's a wonderful life has a nice tree of course but yeah wouldn't be allowed in our house because it's decorated with tinsel and that is definitely not you don't a do permitted that. 
decorative item in our household. You also get, well, I wouldn't like it in here. It's covered in I don't mind it. It's, it's the Chancellor. The Iron Chancellor went have, that. Uh, they used to put candles on trees, didn't they, until they started Come burning in. all the houses down. Four um, candles? Uh, four candles. <laughs> four candles. Are you trying uh, to get candles uh, back into the top Yeah, five? I was just, just trying to doing, squeeze yeah. it back in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My last one is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Bone. which... They, they do they all have a Christmas scene? I can't remember, but they certainly a lot of them do. And this one has in the Great Hall or whatever it is you call it. I'm thinking back to my school days. Fucking loads of trees, probably all magical as well. And loads of candles in the Great. In that there hall. are lots of candles in there. Mm. Should have we should have stuck with it. But let's whittle that down. Right, yo, Howie, what are you going to submit? I'm going to go for the Batman Returns giant tree. Great shout. I'm going to... I don't know, I'm stumped here. I'm going to go for Papelka. I'm going to go with Christmas with the Cranks. Okay, well, there we've given... We've got two, two spaces. We've got, we have got space and movies to fill there. Uh, let us know what you think out there. Jeff Kitchen, possibly. I've got a bit of a Christmas tree quiz here okay, before fine. we squeeze it. with the cheese. So it's just 10 questions. I'll, I'll read them out. and the, Thanks, because uh, if you didn't read them out, this quiz is finished. It's, it's just done over it. Okay, so from which country did the modern-day tradition of Christmas tree originate from? Sweden. Norway. Both of you are wrong. Jeff, Germany, I hear you say. <laughs> yes, that's correct. I don't know. I haven't got any information on why these okay. answers are correct. I'm dreaming of a swastika white, Christmas. White supremacist yeah, Christmas, white supremacist yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Which tree is the odd one out? Douglas fir, noble fir, Scots pine, Welsh pine. Noble fir. Welsh pine. It is Welsh pine. Damn it. nose is Welsh pine. Again, I've no reason <laughs> why, why that is. There's no such thing as a Welsh pine. <laughs> okay, but let's, let's see if you know this one. In which year was the first Christmas tree farm established? Was it A, 1880? B, 1901, C, 1923, D, 1949, or E, 2037? A. B. Do that at 1901. B is correct. It is 1901. He knows his stuff. What was it like? Was you there? Yeah, yeah. Planted the first tree. Planted the first one. Um, In 1933, Three, which famous skyscraper building in New York City New York. Began, it, began its famous <laughs> Christmas tree tradition? Rockefeller. Have you Chrysler got, building. No, it's you're both wrong. It's the Rockefeller Center. Fuck off, Dan. <laughs> no, sorry, you just said Rockefeller. It doesn't really. Yeah. Now, the first artificial Christmas trees were made from goose feathers dyed green. Oh, True or false? True. No, false. That's horrible. It's true. Oh, it is crushing it. Yeah. What is the term for when a Christmas tree is covered with fake snow? Vajazzled. I like it. Sprinkled. It's flocked. Flocked. Yeah. That's a good there word. There you go. You there you go. Yourself. You've been flocked. Um, number seven. Christmas trees are grown in 48 states of the USA. Is that true or False. 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 
It is false. And I do have a little bit of extra info for you on this one. All 50 states, including Hawaii and Alaska, grow Christmas trees. Oh, I thought we'd less. I was thinking of Texas. No, they're all of them. The idea for the electric Christmas tree lights came from assistant of which famous inventor? Thomas Edison. Tesla. It was Edison. Okay, so it's Dead so we're nearly locked on this. 98% of all Christmas trees <laughs> are grown on farms. True or false? True. That's 98% true. True. It's true. He's saying true. False. It is true. So we're I've, I've we're locked on this then. Whoever gets this one right wins. <laughs> we're we're yeah, absolutely <laughs> last, last lap. This is the last race lap. control. You can't do this. It's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> race control. Okay, this this is the uh, winner takes all Christmas right, okay. quiz question. Which member of the British royal family is credited with introducing the Christmas tree to the UK? Queen Vic. Yes, Queen Vic. You're both wrong. It's Prince Albert, oh! Queen Victoria's husband. Ah, so, oh, so, so in the end, no one we both we both lost. Uh, Christmas was the winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah beautiful. We don't have an exciting cheese jingle, but we do have some exciting cheese. Yeah, why? Why have we not got a cheese? Because what Howie was going to do? No, I just street. sat here and fucking with a box of family circle christmas biscuits and i reckon i've eaten eight of them and i'm supposed to be on a reduced cholesterol i am an asshole <laughs> well i brought some cheese dan also brought some cheese you got yours from the french market i did yeah so it's french so you are you're a collaborator yeah there was lots of stuff going around on facebook about boycotting i really like it because we've got this fucking petty dis- dispute about thing. fisheries and stuff and so all the food that they had was not going to be going back to France. Mm, Because of Brexit. Yeah. So, Dan, you picked up a slab of cheese. It's a fromage à pâté molle à croûte. Pete would be much better at this. À croûte lave. Yeah. Which sounds like a lot of things. Lave soap, isn't it? Yeah. Machine à lave is washing machine, yeah. Washing machine soap cheese. Fromage (laughs) à at pate, what is that? I don't, even... I don't know, but there it is. It um, looks, it's a looks pretty aggressive, bit. so we'll get involved with it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's just got, dying. It's those French it, cheese, it, it makes you cough a little bit, doesn't it? It's got some kick. I've also got here a smoked red fox. Wow, it's, what it, about it's, the che- it is cheese, it's not an actual fox, it's, sort of taxidermist. it's delicately smoky with bursts of crunchiness, and it's from the Belton Farm dairy. It registers at four. On the cheese. On the Richter ectomy. scale. Yeah. So I don't really like smoke. I don't know why I don't really like smoked cheese, but we'll give it a whirl. And also I've got an enormous pot of Stilton because I fucking love Stilton. And especially this time of year, it's the king of cheeses. So I've been tucking into that. It's very good. I haven't tried that. Yet. I've also I've got, got homemade, go. what is it again? Indian tomato chutney, which might go quite well with the smoked yeah, we've got Fox. the uh, Forager's Jelly Report from the Chili Kitchen. That's a genuine Jersey article. And we've got some of the the classic biscuit selection there as well, haven't we? It's all going on. It in... takes us seamlessly into this week's This main week's feature. movie, yeah, which I sort of unilaterally decided we were going to watch this as our Christmas film. It's our third Coen Brothers film of the year. So having withheld any Coen content, we've gone... I'm big on we, it this we, year. Yeah, We've done the hand and, and you have mentioned this film a long time ago to us. Yeah, and have probably, its probably quite a few times. It's, uh, I mean, we could talk about the money side of it later on, but this is sort of famously like a, a big, big flop, this film. It's uh, not theirs. available on any streaming format. No, you can't 
get this. It seems it's almost been like locked away for some reason. It's not on Prime. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Sky. Sky. Prime. It's not, Netflix, it's, yeah, you so. need to get an old DVD copy or yes. something. Yeah. 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 So it's hard to find for some bizarre reason, but it's out there. If you look hard enough, you will be able to find it. You know, cards on the table. It's a film that I really, really enjoyed. So I wanted. I think none of you had seen it before. No, no I, had, I had seen it. Uh, okay. but it I, needed watching yeah, again. I don't think Riggs or Pete had seen it. I thought I'd seen it. Bits of it. So I, I, I picked it. And I, well, I have seen it quite a lot, but it has been a few years. And I was thinking, hang on, is it actually, is it Christmassy enough? And so I did sort of look into what is a Christmas movie, you know, because there's that annual. Because you of wanted to wedge this in as discussion. a Christmas movie. Well, I don't have candles. I was thinking, no. oh, they. I was thinking, no, it's more of a a New Year's thing. But no, it, it is Christmassy. There's some sort of nods, either consciously or unconsciously, to other Christmas films within it. Trading Places, It's a Wonderful Life. They're big influences on that film. Is it to do with release date? Well, no, because well, we've discussed this before. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street came out in June or something for some reason. No, um, I, I'm, I've never really been hung up about the release no. date of movies. I don't think that would necessarily make it a Christmas movie. Does it? Um, does it have to have Santa and all the sort of no sort of straight up no. Christmas tropes? No, Snow it doesn't. Helps. I think it needs a it needs a, a bell. Did a bell, it, you know, like Christmas bells in that. Okay. I think really it's just having using Christmas as a sort of part of the storytelling within it. Yeah, okay. So Die Hard, he's going back to home for the holidays. Home for holidays, you know, and it's set at Christmas and there's Christmas trees. Well, one uh, I didn't mention earlier actually was The Apartment with Jack Lemon, which is follows those same right. kind of rules because it's set in and around Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's got this theme of loneliness and, you know, but that was it. Yeah, I didn't wedge it in, but maybe I could have. Yeah. So would would Die Hard work if it wasn't set at Christmas? Well, yeah, it would. But, you know, I like it. And so therefore, that's the only rule that really matters. So this it is set at Christmas. It's, you know, it's snowy. It looks Christmassy. And in the, the end, the way the plot ends is also quite significantly at Christmas. This is a 1994 Coen Brothers screwball kind of comedy i i guess you would describe it as and it starts off with our protagonist slash hero norville barnes on it's the end of the film and it's being narrated and it's like here's our hero he's norville he's on the edge of the basically about to jump off the building he's he's out he's outside on the ledge of his on the the high-rise building that he works in and he he's in front then, of the clock. Yeah. The clock. yeah. And then it kind of zooms back in to the beginning of the, the story. And you, he's, he's a gullible mailroom clerk that... Well, no, well, no. It's, even before that, he's, he's, come to the, he's come to the city to find oh, a to, job. To find he gets off the bus yeah. and he, the bus is from Muncie, Indiana. And the Coens love these sort of small town, like weird places. Muncie? He gets off the bus. He's from the Muncie School of Business Administration. And he's looking to get, uh, you know, a leg up in the big he's city. He's ready to take on the world yeah so he goes to this job center i guess and it has all these jobs flicking over on the board crazy that is if that's real that's horrendous everything just says experience experience required experience necessary he's you know he's got nothing and i did have and then the the kind of it's got this almost forrest gump moment where the the newspaper just follows well um did you want to know what some of the jobs were that he yeah so he's in the bar sorrow in his sorrows isn't he he's looking at the paper 
Cats Meets Man. I don't even know what that is. Goaltender, Goat Herd, Gutter Sweep, and Rope Braider are some of the jobs that he's <laughs> not qualified for. So, yeah, like you say, he goes to the local diner and he's looking through the classifieds in the newspapers to find something that he might be able to do. And this is sort of at the same time being intercut with scenes of Hudsucker Industries. The board meeting. They're having a board meeting about how tremendously successful their year's been. The, the company secretary, I guess it is, is just reeling off this list of just how amazing they've done. You've got all the fat cats around and this huge oval all table. old white men with massive eyebrows, yeah. just like rich beyond... Counting, the, laughing how rich they are. And he ends his, his presentation to the board by saying, in short, we're loaded. And they all, yeah. ha, ha, ha. But the chairman wearing Hudsucker, he's not quite as engaged as the rest of the board meeting but then we go back to norville he's put his coffee down on the newspaper he's a bit he's sort of down on his because he's not yeah. finding anything he puts some money down on the counter then takes some back because actually he's going to need that he needs a few coins he's, for his coffee. yeah he's, he's starting to count the pennies a little and he walks off down the street and like you say this gust of wind blows the newspaper out of the diner and it hits him on the leg and he picks it up and he sees this circle, the coffee cup circle round the Hudsucker Nice little industry. details yeah. there. I mean, you expect this from the Coen the, brothers. The circle is, comes back again and again in this. How they, how they connect scenes mm. and with the circle, that yeah. would make yeah. make perfect sense again. But it's just so clever because you, you know that each time they've, they've thought of how is this getting to here, even if they're in completely different yeah. places, there's just little connecting dots mm. at all the way through and that's not that's not just with this film i think they do that in in lots of their films they're, they're really clever now i believe now it's cut back to the boardroom yeah and first of all and it only dawned on me to the end that hudsucker himself is mr lebowski oh yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't realize that I jeffrey realize... jeffrey lebowski yeah he's yeah. the jeffrey lebowski i didn't realize that that was that actor he gets up onto the boardroom table though yeah and well, he uh... looks at his watch yeah, he's just sat there winding it for ages. He's, he's he's there's a lot of time he... stuff in this. Exactly, uh, in this at 12. Film. And he, they all look at him like, this is unusual. What's he doing? He's standing on the table. And he just runs and launches himself out of the window. Yeah, top floor, 44 or 45? <laughs> Not counting the mezzanine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then... Interesting this is... fact about New York windows. Interesting fact, obviously, because it's very interesting. All New York windows in skyscrapers need to open. Oh, really? So okay. it might just be like an inch that they open, but they oh. have to open. Is there a reason for that? I need to look this up as well, but they have to open Because the it. buildings move. I wonder if it's just because they need a bit of... Sneaky I don't know. fag. But I've, been, <laughs> no. I've, I've seen a few films of like people visiting these high-rise old buildings and they fucking just open windows. Just Jesus. Open. And it is, oh, no. Give me, give me the willies, that. And this is quite a good scene, actually, because you, you've just seen... But he's Hudsucker falling. ...throw himself oh, yeah, outside. He he's... He's falling down and it, it yeah, it gives you time He's to telling reflect people, on get that. Out the way. Get out of the way, get out of the way. But the the guys up in the boardroom, they've got various degrees of, of shock and a reaction from it. But it's just what, dulled. What, they could, they're like, well, well you could what, have opened it. Yeah, well, one, one or two of them, yeah, could open the window and he goes, never did anything the easy way, you know. And they're both kind of bigging him up and, and also very confused. One guy's upset. He's like, I don't know why he did it. Why would he do it? He looked happy to me. Hmm. Like, you know, we got we got all this money. And of course, we got Sidney J. Musburg. This is when we first see him he hasn't yeah. really been present in the meeting what, now. what an actor to 
to roll out Paul Newman. Well, they they offered it to him, and he was quite keen, but he couldn't do it because you know just scheduling. So they waited ten years to make it to get him in it in wow. this film. So that you know that's they were commitment. committed to, yeah, to having him in it, and, uh, and um, you would for an actor like that. And he. I, God, does he play a lot of villains? I can't even think. You know, because he's no, not really. Real he's, arsehole in this. Yeah, he's well. He sure, goes, sure, sure, sure. He, he goes, <laughs> sure, sure. He goes through, sure. and um, immediately he's like, "Right, what's the, what happens to the stock?" And they're like, "Well, no." Well, immediately he takes the the Monte Cristo that yeah. Hudsucker was smoking and says, "Well, it seems a shame to waste it." Yeah. You know, and then and yeah, he's, he's taking worried his about, seat and yeah. smoking his cigar. He's taking over the place. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, he says, "What what hap- what's going to happen to his stock?" And they said, "Well, he didn't leave a will. He had no family. It'll just be put up for sale for, to the public." And they're like, "Shit, you know, we can't have this. You know, the, we're going to lose control of the company. It's going to go out. We want it. You know, oh, that's right. The, the, these are the proper the, fat cats. The, comp- the company rules when the chairman's gone. All stocks are going to be sold to the public, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we'll, we'll be fucking mm. poor." Yeah. But again, we cut back now because Norville's got his job here. He is working in the mailroom oh and God. it is fucking chaos and bedlam. He's getting screamed at in his orientation. I'd say it's more <laughs> orientation. That's an it's interesting choice though, of words. Brilliant that they... Red farm is the green farm. You've got to have a receipt for the yellow farm and the blue farm. No voucher. <laughs> and they're darker. He's got a blue farm. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they announce his death. Do they? The, the term they use, I love, and I, I've said it so many times since, it's staff at... 11.59, wearing Hudsucker, chairman, owner, and blah, 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 merged with the infinite. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and and they have 10 seconds of silence, and it says this 10 seconds will be deducted from your pay. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then we get Norville. He's, he's got the hang of it. He's chucking letters where they need to go, and he he looks at one letter, and it's too big for the the slot. Do not and fold. He, and he realises the name next door is the father's, you know, and he says, he's sort of, smart-ish you think yeah. maybe but he's not and then this fucking alarm goes off all of a sudden this little dude storms in with a blue letter and everyone scarpers and hides and he's just <laughs> this comedic like flapping around panic Barnes I got a blue letter and uh, he has to take this up to the top floor this is when we get to meet the Buzz, the the lift operator. Oh, the, the, yeah. Hiya, buddy. My name's Buzz. He's just like super annoying lift guy. Have you seen The Wire at all? I've started to watch it, but um, not to the point where I've got one. any connection okay, with Buzz. Okay, Pres- Presbelewski. He's Presbelewski in The Wire, so he went on to do something really great. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got the fuzz. I make the elevator what, do what, do what she does. <laughs> and that's it. And so he's, he's got to take this to Musburger. Yeah, he's got to take so the blue, blue letter. A blue isn't? letter is clearly like the most important communication in the office. It's from the desk of the chairman. In the building, yeah. yeah. It's, it's do not, this needs to go directly Hand into the delivered. hand. Yeah. And, and so that's what he does. And he's in the office well, now. Well, he puts it in Newman. his apron. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because if before he delivers it, he wants to, he's got this great idea, which he just shows people. And it's just a circle, just a, a pencil yeah, it's drawn. Shoe. It's in a piece of paper. Circle shoe. on a bit of paper. And he just keeps saying, you know, for kids. And people are just, and as an audience, you're just like, what, what the fuck? Just nodding along, most of the people he shows it to, looking at him with concern, going, oh, well, yeah, you, you, you're not all there. But the plan, the plan that they've come up with, the board, is that they need to insert a proxy. This is the, the, where the title comes from, the Hudson proxy, just a, a patsy who they're going to put in charge, who is fucking useless, depress the stock price so they can buy it all back. And then, uh, and then offload him after and then, a year. And then get rid of him. So 
he wades into Mossberger's office, clearly like out of his depth, shows him this circle thing and puts his foot in a in a bin that's on fire and just smashes place up and you've got opens a window and, and busts the Bernstein contract, is it something? Oh, he's a klutz. He's an absolute klutz and he yeah. just you know, in a in a short space of time he's he's made a bad impression. To the point where Paul Newman decides this is the guy. Just of, like this is the guy. This is the one charge, we need. Yeah, in, is... in charge, he will literally do whatever we want him to do. The idea man, and and that's how they pitch him. And he's finds himself on the front page of the newspaper and <laughs> having, you know, control of the the company from the mailroom. And it's still funny because all the way through the film. You've got people that work with him in the mailroom still <laughs> still just treating him like shit because he's, he was always in the And it's yeah. such a big company. And you get that in companies, yeah. don't you? Where oh. it's just, they're so big. You're not even sure it's the boss. And yeah. you're like, I'm not doing that. And you go, do you know that guy was a director? And you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, sorry. But this is a, this is a big story. Yeah. Um, and so it attracts the attention of... Amy. Amy Archer. Amy Archer. Paul with the winning prize. Ten bucks she mentioned. Yeah. 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 And I think her role in the film is part of the reason why people might have been turned off because I think her, the way she speaks in the film can be quite polarising. It's very full on. The accent is... Like Super hammed up. She's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's taken on to 11, this role. I, I like it. But if someone says she's fucking unwatchable, I'm like, I get what you, I get where people yeah, are coming from with it. I can see people thinking that it's it's too much. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. Firstly, too much, but secondly, a piss take. Yeah, but it's not meant to be. It is indicative of that type of character in that era. In that Just era ex- of films, that yeah. they're all American talking like this. It's in everything is a rhyme, everything has a reason. I am an investigator. And it's all like it's, kind it of is wrong, that maybe wrong. in a man's world as well. Yeah, reel it back, reel it back. Yeah, so she's she's onto this story because it doesn't sort of feel right that you know this this guy would be running such a huge corporation, successful corporation. Yeah. yeah. So she sort of plants herself in there as his PA and Norval doesn't question it at all and just No, he's he's very He's innocent so naive. And yeah, naive. He's, yeah. he's either he's, naive and innocent and sweet or naive and fucking terribly stupid. He's yeah. stupid yeah. as yeah. well, yeah. And, I, and 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 a, and a bit obnoxious with his views. But he's yeah, yeah, he's all of those things. Yeah. He is a flawed character himself, yeah. really. I mean uh, as we go through in his rise, he goes through that kind of character arc where he's also an arsehole. He's an arsehole to, to Buzz at one point where yeah. he's, he's trying to pitch him an idea of a bendy straw. Mm. And he just kind of fucks it off yeah. in, in the in the way that he would have hated people to doing to his to idea. And we, she, get, we get two characters start to come out now. Uh, the sign writer on the door... Yeah. And the maintenance man for the clock. Yeah. And they're obviously more than what they actually are. To the movie anyway. Yeah. He's yeah. quite sinister the sign writing guy because he just turns around and stares. He never speaks. Yeah. And points. Yeah. But the we've seen the the, the maintenance man before. He's a sort of grumpy old man in Dino Dana. And he's also the narrator from the beginning. He's the one yes, that's he's the one who's telling us what's going on. But Amy says that she's from Muncie 
I don't know if she does. She know he's from Muncie. No, no. Because she just had a stab at it. Where you just, from? No, 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 no. She question. She doesn't know, but she gets it out of him that he's months from Muncie. No, I, 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 I remembered her just, and he couldn't believe it. You are Muncie girl, yeah, where he, she's then he sings this, probably the, oh, wishing the she would have, song. she would have <laughs> chose any other kind girl. of place. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a full kind of dance song and dance that he does. So around. she's, she's got to kind of string this along now. This yeah. lie that she's from the same it's like tiny worse. little small town as him. And occasionally he'll, he'll throw in memories of Muncie, and she will just be flummoxed to yeah. remember or. Or just go along with what he's uh, he's talking about and get it wrong, and but he never insists too much, does he? Sort of, you weren't there or anything like that. He just kind of goes along. She meets Moses, who's who's the he's the odd job man, the, the the building maintenance man, and he tells her what the plot is. Yeah, um, that Musburger, what, what he's up to. You know, she takes that back to the chief at the paper, but he doesn't he doesn't believe it, but. Norville has the presentation to the board about his extruded plastic dingus. Yeah. It's called on the blueprint. I've got the guys in R&D to knock one off. <laughs> it's got yeah. the actual blueprint and it's the circle. And then you've got the side view and it's still alive. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, but he's doing a demonstration of basically it's a hula hoop here. We've, yeah. we've finally deduced and he's doing the demonstration and it's got gravel in it to give it a sound. And then they're all, they're all really baffled about like, how do you know when it's done? Is there a bigger version for the obese? And like, <laughs> they've got all these questions. And Musburger's just like, it's perfect. It's exactly what we need. Is, and we need to exactly- plow ahead with this, you know. And then you get a sort of newsreel sort of thing of just millions of documents getting stamped, approved. You get the whole present. Nice little montage. Yes, it is a montage. I was thinking at the time, this would have been a great montage for the, the, the top five. You see the accountants, He they do this whole great big enormous ledger and it's like cost to make 59 cents, sale price 79 cents. And the guy just looks and he, Draws the one in front. Okay, great. Put another one in. Then it goes. It goes out to the shop, and it, it's cut to Norval waiting at his desk. And Amy, she 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 starts to like him. She realizes that he's being played, and she wants him to be successful. But they're waiting. You get to the shopkeeper. He he puts the the sign up, dollar seventy nine. And they, you get this fucking screaming kids leaving school, and they all run past the toy shop. Everyone mm. ignores it. Stickers go on. Dollar fifty nine. Dollar twenty nine. Dollar. 50 cents, 25 cents, free with any purchase, and no one's touching it. And then he gets this fucking creepy this one kid. kid. <laughs> I well, remember the throws, first time seeing he, this. He like, throws them out, doesn't he? Yeah, and it just rolls down to this fucking weird looking kid. He always reminds me of the kid from The Shining, you know, yeah. Danny Torrance. <laughs> he does. And he, he just picks one up and he's just like hula hooping. He starts body bopping, like, yeah, doesn't he? He's rocking just back got and forth. And then all these kids are like, oh, like really exaggerated, <laughs> yeah. like kids, wow, kid acting, staring at him. Greatest thing we've ever seen. And then it, it, we go back to the kid, and he's doing the hoot, you know, round your, your ankle, and he's jumping over it. Then oh, it cuts back to him doing it round his neck, and all the kids all fucking the leg it off. <laughs> it's the final straw for the yeah. for the crowd, the mob of kids that watch the USP. It's like. Oh my fucking god! It's a neck as well. Let's go and get one. And, and the price starts the price, going back. The price up. trebles. It goes up to uh, three dollars. I think. And, in the and the stock price rises higher than it has ever been before. And and they're not happy in the board. No, this has foiled their plan. Um, but he starts to believe his own hype. And uh, we'll, we get another montage of the the successful years. And there's newspaper reporters, and he says, "I certainly didn't expect all this hoopla completely by accident." And they all laugh, and then you see him again saying it later on. But 
it's the not funny thing. anymore. You know, it wasn't. It doesn't work. So he he starts to become a complete a bit of an asshole. He's got a string quartet playing in his office and people giving him a manicure and a massage at the same time. And she starts to you know he's changed. He's he's not you know the the innocent sort of naive Norville he once was. It, <laughs> yeah. It's revealed that Norville had given Amy the job and she turns out to be a newspaper reporter. So he's they they use this to sack him. So yes. he is forced out of the company, and so he oh he's a broken man he's isn't he? he's he's broken and he goes he's told you know he's told she's a she's not what you thought she was you know and they they'd had they had actually had this romantic moment where he compares her to an ibex and they they have they have kissed they've gone to the ball so they they you know he was romantically involved he was keen on her, he was smitten and so was she but now that the truth is out he's broken he goes to he gets drunk and then he goes to this bar that she's he knows she likes um, and he keeps ordering a martini it's Steve Buscemi is the barman oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. he's like no this is a juice bar like you know this is fucking dry <laughs> and he, he just, three or four more times he's still trying to order his martini and she comes in and I love this scene it's fucking great and he's like you know I can't believe it how could you do this to me and she says I'm sorry Norma I wanted to tell you so many times I wanted to tell you and he goes and and you a Muncie girl, <laughs> and he, he just doesn't get it at all. And she's like, but no, no he, he just he, he can't believe just how deep her lies have been. No, and he to he, the point of Muncie. Yeah, he runs off, comes across Buzz, who's now stepping out with Anna Nicole Smith, the certified yes, gold digger yeah. Zaza, and he's got his idea for a bendy straw, so you don't have to drink drink like that anymore. You can you, you can, can bend it and drink <laughs> like it. It's like a stupid idea, but then it. We we've now we find ourselves back at the start point of he's gone back up to his office, he's got his old apron on and he makes his way out to the the, the To window, the ledge, the yeah. Well ledge. this is where the narrators kind of asks us right at the beginning of the film, so do you think he's gonna do it? And mm. and we find out and he does. Well the, He doesn't. He the, he does, but he the, falls. He's sort well, of he has a second thought. Fucking yeah. slams the window, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, he's clinging on to the edge, but eventually he, he he does fall off the edge to his death. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want to go in the end, but no. he's he slips and falls and pushed and nudged and and he goes and and he's going the same way as old Hodsucker. And that part, it's always a bit of a. A shock. I mean, I I'd forgotten it to be honest. So as I say okay. always, it, I, I would have been surprised the first time. I was surprised the second time when he did it as well. <laughs> now, strictly speaking, I'm never supposed to do that. No, that's right. Moses <laughs> has stuck his broom handle in the winding cogs of the gears of the of the, of the, big... of the clock and clock. frozen time, where Norville is just suspended in space, About still fifty three high up, up, and he's just sort of. Oh, what's going on and wearing and you just hear a, a bit of music and you can kind of see something coming down and it's the angel of wearing Hudsucker who gives him a pep talk and you know you should have done blah 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 and you never delivered my blue letter and he's got his apron on he's like oh shit yes yeah, and it's the the twist in the tale is that whoever they appoint as the new president will be Awarded he'd left his he'd last will and of the shares. He left his last will and testament yeah. effectively, thinking leaving. it was going to be Sydney. Yeah, somehow some other Christmas miracle, maybe Sidey. It, it lowers him down. But so no, he falls again. Because, yeah, he falls. because the the sign writer dude and Moses have, have a bit of a, have a fight because he. I don't know what the motivation of the sign writer dude is. He's just like to keep. The business rolling, uh, yeah, I guess so. ship, ship shape. 
making money. I was wondering, is he supposed to represent death? Well, is there supposed to be? Is there a meaning behind it that I'm missing? Possibly, but they they say they have a fight, and Moses punches him, and his false teeth come out, and just as Norval's about (laughs) to hit the deck. He stops again, just literally above the floor, like you know, like a foot above the floor, and it's the false teeth of the, just stopping it enough. And then they smash, and he just falls, and he's fine. And he runs back off to the bar and sees Amy, and it's all happy. Yeah, they they kind of he has the letter, he has the shares, he yeah. has the girl. Yeah, they've they've tried to have him committed and all that during the film, but now it's Sydney who's lost his marbles over over the the trauma, the money trauma of not being in charge. We get back to another board meeting and it's the same blueprint again of this plastic another circle with a straight line next to it but this time it's the frisbee uh, it's his next great idea which is going to make the company billions i guess he's an ideas man yeah, yeah. and so that that's the end of it yeah did, did i miss why hudsucker jumped in the first place yeah because it does explain it. It, it it just got the the greed and everything i think it so got it was too much. It? yeah it just he, so he saw sure all this missing- I'm, I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what he's he Yeah, he was just unfulfilled and had no family. And okay, so that's what it is. All right. And he, he just kind of given everything up and not really seen the not truth. Lived, you know, just focused on the cash. It was all money, money, money. Yeah, and he was just okay. like all the other people in and around that, that boardroom. And he, he realised... He finally had the light switched on. Also, wasn't there a girl that he did, Hudsucker? There was some story that he wished he had done something. He, he had two ways to go. And he chose the company and the money yeah, instead yeah. of the girl and the family, which is what advice he wanted to to pass on as well. It, it's very sort of Capra y uh, in yeah. style, this movie. In terms of like Christmassy stuff, it's a little bit like It's a Wonderful Life in terms of you've got, you know, the the sign writer guy. Does he actually have a name? I'm not sure. He I, does. No. I mean,. There's plenty of cigarettes, cigar, and pipe smoking. But those <laughs> those those this. two guys are kind of like the ghosts of Christmas. Yeah, present, I guess, and something. Like, yeah, there's, there's this magical yeah. quality of being able to stop time and and show him and tell him things about his past and his future and what what things could be like. So it does it does have that. It has the happy ending. They they meet up again at that beatnik bar with Steve Buscemi and it, you know everything's the all okay bar, even though she yeah. like massively lied to him and pulled the wool over his eyes um, <laughs> but the the part of the thing around this was that it, it was a real big flop and it was the first time the Coens had been given a decent budget to make a movie so they made to this point Blood Simple which we spoke about Raising Arizona Miller's Crossing which was great Barton Fink which is incredible so they had four like absolute so they give them a hundred million and, and they don't make any money back. So they were given this. This they were working with Joel Silver on this, who's the producer, and they were given basically this cost forty million, which is a fair chunk of change. And this is what ninety four, and there's not back when forty mil was forty, 40 mil. Forty mil was a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of visual effects in it. So a lot of that, the cast is pretty something else in this. You know, you got a lot of stars: Paul Newman. Tim yeah. Robinson, obviously Jennifer Jason Lee. You've got Bruce Campbell makes an appearance. John Goodman's in there. Steve Buscemi. Sam Raimi is in it. So a lot of money. How much do you think it did actually make? Well, you're saying it's a flop. I would have thought... Half? It, yeah, I would have said sort of... It may be even half of half. It didn't even get to three million. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which... It, on the back of all those other of a, films, yeah. you would have been surprised. Wouldn't yeah, you it would have had a lot of goodwill going into this. and But they're not... I guess they're not smash hit films, but they would have had a lot of 
a good buzz going into yeah. it. But yeah, not even it's been a bit of a cult success since then, but that's not gonna make you I mean, this isn't a back. film that you're going to belly laugh the way through, oh, is it? I did some you of, did. Some of it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I, I mean I laughed and I smiled, hmm. but it wasn't anything that I just thought, you know, it's 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 got all the Coensy sort of stuff. You've got to repeat it's clever. Repeat sort of casting that you see a lot and the, the dialogue is very snappy and very yeah, funny but quick. if you don't like it then it, it won't work for you tim robbins is i don't there's only a few things that, this and shawshank the only things i really particularly enjoy of his but he's fantastic in this is this sort of bumbling oaf who's just sort of naively sort of comes across these successful ideas he's in high fidelity that's what he's also yeah he's the world music guy yeah Um, (laughs) he's he's the perfect muncy man isn't he yes jennifer jason lee would probably put people off her performances like we said before it's quite exaggerated it's 1930s yeah that's what it's theatrical operator yeah ghostbusters But I I love it. I mean, they did they they did lose a lot of money on this. But then the film that they made after this was Fargo, which was when they you know they won the Oscars for that. So you know they came back strong. In fact, the next the next in their filmography is Fargo, Big Lebowski, A Brother Where Art Though, The Man Who Wasn't There. So fucking absolute like solid gold. But I mean, they are fantastic mm. directors, writers, and everything else. This isn't my favourite film of theirs. I get a feeling it's probably in your top two or three, this one of theirs. Though, yeah, I really do. It's probably, it's, well, no, Lebowski's the one I've seen the most, but this is probably the, the most viewed after Lebowski for me. Right, okay, mm. yeah. And it, it's the kind of film I think it does deserve another viewing. It's because it's so well shot. If you're interested in film and filmmakers, mm. then... Any of the the Cohen brother films. This, I mean, we watched Buster uh, Scruggs as well, didn't we? In the the, yeah. the ballad of those and those little kind of vinaigrettes. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say that. Just I mean, waiting for and that. It, it was, you know, just just a pleasure in filmmaking as much as anything else. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. I think got fairly good reception, but then it also was at the Cannes Film Festival where it was competing for the Palme d'Or against Pulp Fiction. So oh, oh. when you put it in. You know, that sort of company, obviously completely different films, but, you know, it probably, 94, I think it was quite, it was, it was a strong, was a strong year. year. Strong it was a really year. strong year. So it would have got buried under a lot of other other very successful films. But I would encourage people to go out and, and check this one out, revisit it, especially this time of year. I really, really enjoyed Tenuous watching it Tenuous for the Christmas. Tenuous. Oh, it's yeah. right in there. It's right in there. <laughs> Clutching a little bit, I felt, but it's, uh, yeah, it does have, tones of of christmas in it redemption is starting again and all that kind of uh thing it, it it was it was a decent watch i did enjoy it i mean i it was a long long time since i've seen it i'd forgotten lots of it so i'm really pleased to watch it again and like you side i would i would happily recommend this film to if you can find it yeah that, that's the, that yeah, the that's trouble. the thing that's the, that's the trouble why is it not available why are quite a few films actually we struggle sometimes to dig them out and you, you do have to go to either a DVD or a streaming site right. to find mm. it because the subscription stuff where you want a legit copy where you'd be prepared to a lot of the oh, time it's amazing that you couldn't even just rent it yeah, on Amazon yeah, exactly. like everything you yeah. could rent on Amazon so that was weird that was, it was, yeah. Well, yeah it just wasn't there I really enjoyed it I, I think I'd seen it a long time ago possibly when it was first 94 <laughs> very well I, I'm sure I've seen it before I liked the story I liked the finality of it all and the redemptive arc and 
I agree. Unfortunately, Dan, I think this is a holiday film, holiday season film, which yeah. therefore kicks the Christmas box. And it is a, it's almost a version of Scrooge in a way. Yeah. You've got the, like you said, you've yeah. got the ghosts, mm. you've got Jacob Marley coming down to him, mm. warning him at the end type of thing. Oh, you've got Hugsucker, sorry, playing that role. Um, Stellar cast. I didn't belly laugh. I, I did chortle. That would be the term that I would use. I Celeste. love the set design. I love the stylized 30s buildings. I love yeah. these. I love Paul Newman's office. Mm. I love that. It's so stark. And and that what's, from the, what's the thing? The, those desk ornaments? Oh, the click clack. The physics balls thing. Something cradle, is it? Yeah. Oh. But it, if you take it for what it is, which is meant to be a quirky piece of theatrical take of a tale that the Coen brothers have put together and you go in going, it's a Coen brothers film. There's going to be some, something I've got to look for, you know, something I've got to try and find. Like the circle. I think you'd enjoy, you'd enjoy that. But if you took it on face value as, oh, I'm just going to watch this film and see what it's like, you might come away going, oh, that's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, thanks for that. You've been extolling the virtues of watching it for a while now and I'm, I'm glad I watched it. Cool, cool. Howie, I put you on the spot for did. a kids nomination. You did, and, this and you is... came up with this. I, it it came to the front of my mind like a migraine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember why. I think I was trying to think children's stuff, children's stuff, kids stuff, and it popped into my head because my wife um, cries watching this, and I get a little tear in the eye at the end as well. And this is something that we haven't watched for years because. It's gone. My kids have gone past the age group of this, but they watched it yesterday and actually were quite transfixed by it. But that's by the by. I think it must be a recessive memory. Uh, and this is Old Jack's Boat, which is on CBeebies. Yeah, yeah. And this was the Christmas quest. quest. So it, it fulfills our Christmas requirements. Yes, exactly. There is no getting around it. This is a Christmas. Oh, 100%. 100% yeah. Christmas. And I, I put it on. My daughter was doing something, playing with the cats in the other room, and she's sprinted into the, the lounge like oh are you oh just so it's like you, what, are you really watching this it's like yeah i'm really watching it it's like why it's like well, for the podcast and she's like oh she sat she was so excited oh she sat God. down and watched it with me watched this with with my daughter and i pulled in the my boy as well to yeah. watch it i said come on you're watching this as well and he, what are you watching and i said for the podcast and he goes oh what is it and i goes old jack's boat and a little smile just went <laughs> over his lips. And it was just oh, like, dear. oh, yeah. remember this one. So he, he sat at the end of the couch and we all watched it. Like, and Very yeah, Christmassy. You know, it's, it, was a nice, it was a nice little Christmas story. I had, well, I think you pre-warned us, Harry, this one's a bit of a tearjerker. And I, I had a little look bit online yeah. and there was like, Facebook posts on the CBB like tears you cry your kids will love it but you will cry it's <laughs> fucking full on story yeah. <laughs> but even like the the intro bit of it if he, he's just like it's Christmas day he's walking the dog and he's walking around trying to find people to do this sing song with him and everyone's just knocking him back you yeah. like, oh, poor old man like sorry Jack we've got yeah. like cheese throwing up the hill <laughs> oh sorry jack yeah i promised i'll go and help them lug some coal over there yeah fuck well, off old man yeah. i've like, got shit to do keep coming out with all these excuses not to go and sing it. and he takes it like a trooper each time well, doesn't he? Cri- he just it's bernard says, cribbins yeah it? yeah and he so he meets sam spinnaker captain periwinkle to which there is controversy ernie star oh, actually i think it's ernie starboard actually emily scuttlebutt who's a div, at Miss Bowline Hitch, 
Didn't like her. No, she's an annoying actress character in the other episodes. And then you didn't see her till the very end is rather saucy Sherry Periwinkle. Yeah. Now, she's played by Freema Agiman, who was in Doctor Who and stuff. And she very abruptly left the original series. Yes, because in my cast listing, mm. it just says brackets series one. Yeah, it's really weird. She just abruptly left and there were some complaints about this because she was originally deemed a bit too saucy. And in the first series, she I remember watching hot. it, she used to be the, the run the cake shop and yeah. she used to wear rather revealing tops and she was very flirty with old Jack. Okay, I'm in. I'm which in I'm in. More, yeah. I'm, I'm happy okay. about that. Yeah, no, this is written by Russell T. Davis. So I had a quick look up at him. And the reason why this story is quite strong... Doctor Who as well, isn't he? Doctor Who, yeah. It's a Sin, Queer as... Yeah, so... That's that's kind of his main sort of bag of of bag of work his repertoire, and this really comes across as a proper story for kids. It's animated, real life, and a bit of CGI kind of all thrown into one. It's got a dog. It's a yeah. bit of a sort of Jack and Ori thing, yes, isn't it? So he yeah, yeah. he does he, he they have the sing song at the start. He does his walkabout, and then he sits down in his comfy chair in, in his, his gaff. Looks a little bit like a nautical man cave. I was and, looking around at a few things. <laughs> thought, yeah. Oh, I could do with some fish netting in here yeah. or something. <laughs> Uh, and he, he tells he tells a tale, and this particular tale he tells is of the Christmas Quest, which is with Sailor Sue. Sailor Sue, she had three gifts, which have been um, rather elaborately caught in in a storm and blown out to sea, and their quest is to go and retrieve these gifts. And it's his best friend. They've been friends. Um, she for, was for years well. and years, and. As a fiery redhead, she was pretty hot, yeah. yeah. And so uh, young Jack, yep. as they called him then. I reckon we all get called like old sidey. Old sidey. You know, old old oh. Regs, old decrepit Regs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disintegrating Howie. <laughs> Crippled Kravinovich. <laughs> Fucked, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> That's now. Yeah. <laughs> we and they go off on on their boat to try to find the the presents and gifts that mm. she's she's had blown away. The first one's a top hat. Um, it's up a iceberg. It's up an iceberg, yeah. and and luckily, a, is it a bird that nudges it? No, up not the first one. She says, "Well, well how it's way too high. What are we going to do?" And he says, "Don't worry." And he he's got I've got this whistle, and he's good at whistling. He's, he's a good a he, he plays this tune on this. We, I, I almost, I tried to do it. I couldn't do it. He does one where he hums at the same time as. Anyway, this particular Whoa. whistle that he does for this one summons a load of flying fish, gotcha. and they, yeah. one of them, flies up and nudges the uh, top hat down, and they catch it. And he's like, "Oh, it's the top hat. What's that for?" And she says, "Don't you mind. It's not. Never, it's not that's, yeah. We've got two other things to go. So we go off the next one, and the next one was. It was a bunch of flowers. Yeah, on a cliff was it? I. Don't know if it was on a. Cliff. It was up on a rock ledge, I think. Yeah. So he does another whistle. That's the stork. The the stork comes along, um, nudges, grabs it, it yeah. and flies over them and drops it down for them to oh, catch, and she right. catches yeah. that. So you like pretty much know what's going on here. I was still, I was still, <laughs> still just guessing. Still, I was still. <laughs> bit, you thought she was going to say when I saw Bluey. Like, oh. Well, she's he's like, oh, that's a, that's a very pretty bunch of flowers. What's that for? And it's she's like. Mind you, business is stupid. Oh, fuck. You. We've got one more thing to find. So they go out, so, and like you say, they come across Bluey. This is the enormous whale that's fast asleep. And on. the mermaid. 
which is Sherry Periwinkle. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Because I was going to say Pearl. Pearl. The, yes. The mermaid was very easy on the eye. It's it's always helpful that. And I couldn't see what it was at first. They say that she's he's like what what's what's she said? It's I up was, the top. It's I, on I the top was, of the I whale. I was guessing at this. <laughs> it might be a ring, and it was, it was right a gold near ring. the blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> so Pearl, the mermaid, has a feather. Which she tickles the Bluey's Bluey the whale, yeah. who sneezes and the blowhole water comes out of the blowhole and fires the ring over to them, which they both catch together. And what could this be for? Yeah, well they go I think they wait till they go back to Terra Firma. They, they do, they have get to get to back and then she realizes or she, she confesses it wasn't really blown away. She'd put them there. what on earth for? Why? Why? Mm. And and obviously my at this point, I don't know if you, but we are we are noses are practically to the television. We cannot <laughs> come on, what how what's it gonna happen? What is it gonna be? And of course Sailor Sue and Jack are getting married. Yeah. She yeah she it's she way, proposes to him yeah. And, yeah. and then so he sort of returns the favor and proposes to her will you marry me and she says yeah of course and they and then he he's sort of you can see it in his eyes that he's and he keeps looking up and my daughter she said why does he keep, yeah it cuts from the story of young Jack and yeah. Sailor Sue back to current day old and he, Jack on yeah. his own and he, he's saying you know and we we had adventures every day and it really was amazing and it was incredible. And he sort of keeps looking up, and his eyes, I'm sure there At this was point, tears. my wife is crying her eyes out, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, God, this really itchy today, my eyes. <laughs> it was eye. really, really dusty in my it house so at the dusty. time. So why does he keep looking up like that? And Katie's like, oh, well, she's in heaven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> and yeah, he's just telling the story of his dead wife. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then he at goes, Christmas. and then he hears, and this is the bit that triggered me, he hears the brass band outside. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck me. And then <laughs> we we realised that all the people that actually said that they couldn't sing with him that day had just got together, Trolling banded him. together. <laughs> Trolled him. And all at the his misery. end of the pier as Jack was on the boat, which was snowproof as as I all the snow came down. It landed on the singers, mm. but not on Jack. A little bit of magic there. And and yeah. of course, Sailor Sue loved to sing song at Christmas. So mm. that was the, the reason why they did it all. And they yeah. wouldn't ever talk about, you know, leave Jack. And, and Sonny actually said to me, we're not many people, you know, is that all he could get in a town? And, and it made me think back of the bait a little bit. Do you know what? The whole way through it, as soon as he's got, <laughs> as soon as he got the wide shot of the town, yeah. and I was like, it's bait. It's bait. And you, I said, Sonny, you know what's probably happened here? I said, it's, Bloody these tourists. houses have been bought up by rich London <laughs> yeah. folk. He was the last fisherman. And they in their London houses. <laughs> and these are the only people left in the village around Do you think, do you think he was inspired by this so, episode? Um, <laughs> who, who knows? But Old Jack was the last fisherman left in the town. It did know? make me feel yeah. think of bait. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then the the music stops, and the the the, the five some of his friends, and they go, "Oh, we loved her, we loved Taylor Sue." And then it cuts to him, and he opens his locket, and, and they do the little her. bit of BBC magic for the kids, and 
the sailor suit winks and winks always or something mm. and a little sparkle of sort of snow goes around and then he kisses it and waves it and at this point the house is on the floor here yeah no, uh, it, there is it a turns tissue. out that tissues he, are everywhere <laughs> he had murdered her yeah and, yeah. and buried her body yeah, no, at sea it, it is yeah. Yeah, easy 25 years <laughs> <been there>. <laughs> <laughs> the camera the camera pans into the ocean yeah. and she's at the bottom with, with concrete blocks on her feet there's a knocking on the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bastard, yeah. this, this was this was strong. This was a good a good nomination. Oh, cool. I mean, my kids still liked it. Mm. My daughter was so happy that I was watching it. Oh, yeah. yeah, and or you know, even even the boy who might not have wanted to admit he enjoyed it <laughs> enjoyed it. Yeah, and for him, nostalgia at fifteen, and for me when I watched it first time round, watching it with oh, them, good. yeah, it was. It it's was a really nice. Good fun. It genuinely does feel like a bit of a Christmassy. Yeah, and you can watch this now on BBC iPlayer. Yeah, I yeah think. just so search up. Just on get the, straight the into this, but it's another. It's got. Pretty high production values. Oh, it's proper, yeah. It's uh, Bernard Cribbins is great in it. He's, he's really good. The dog didn't add an awful lot. No, it? not really. The dog actually looked quite scared. I was as a as a dog loser. I was watching and as it walked around the village, its tails between its legs it looked it, like well, it was it shitting it. Freezing fucking cold. It was wet. The <laughs> dog actually made a comment about the dog. I said, "I think it's cold and wet. It wants to get inside <laughs> yeah. Yeah. into the barge." They had no insulation. Yeah. I don't think the rainbow. Happened. Mm-hmm. It saw what happened to uh, to Sailor Sue. It thinks it yeah, might be next. Toe the line or you're under the <laughs> yeah. water and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little Christmas thing to put on. Like you said, it's, it is it is designed for, for younger kids, but it's still got a nice little place for, oh, family, for everybody. Family can all so get it's along a properly yeah. family one. Yeah. And like I said, be prepared to perhaps feel a little bit sad and sentimental. <laughs> That was fun. Uh, season's greetings and all that. But we've completed our Christmas assignment. But what happens at Christmas time is what often can happen is people can get a bit, bit too much family time can lead to a bit of... Uh, Feuds. Silent night turns to violent night. Get <laughs> and that, that has informed our nominations for next week. Our top five, how is going to be? Family fights. Top five family fights. Okay. Midweeker is going to be... Fight Club. Mm. And our main feature is going to be the latest vehicle from Guy Ritchie, Wrath of Man. Okay. Well, that's a, a violent week we've got in store. It's a violent, angry time is Christmas. Yes, yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can yeah, be. Yeah, Especially if you don't get the, the right pair of socks or... Correct you know, Lego those, model number. The underpants are too tight, whatever, you know. <laughs> I don't know of. what you get up to. <laughs> So we will reconvene next time we we meet. We'll uh, we'll have Christmas presents to discuss, etc. But mm. also lots of violent goings on to get our teeth into. So all that remains is to say, Sidey signing out. Yeah, have yourself a merry Christmas. Dan's gone. Happy Christmas, Howie. Enjoy the Yuletide period, which is a really weird thing to say. Yeah, and enjoy other holiday seasonal festivities. festivities. Yeah, all that good stuff. Cheerio. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow.